thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. We're here on Christmas Eve Eve to talk about Parasite Eve. Eve. Because this year, don't do the joke about Die Hard being your favorite Christmas movie. Do a new joke about Parasite Eve, the 1997 PS1 video game being your favorite Christmas movie. Because it's definitely mine. I forgot it was Christmas. Dude. Like, um... Well, like I literally did. I keep forgetting it's actually like Christmas, like it's December. But I, um, I always forget you? that the game is like a Christmas game. <laughs> it like opens just always, with yeah. a close-up of an ornament that says "Merry Christmas, 1997." Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it doesn't have a plot line that's like jingle all the way, where Detective <laughs> Labrea Tarpitz has to like get a cool doll for her nephew or something. Yeah, there's no Sinbad. Actually, her like her partner is kind of Sinbad esque in a way. I think. Yeah, her partner is like um, a weird caricature of Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. Yeah, like down, like literally the like the outfit and everything. <laughs> Dude, you know what is awesome though that you don't realize until like literally the final scene in the game is that he's like eight feet tall. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, no, he's huge. Like, you see him next to her sometimes, and he is like, oh, like, he is a full, like, half taller than her. Like, yeah. Her body height total. I guess I just didn't notice it. I thought it was like a perspective thing until the final scene when they're all sitting down in a row next to each other and seated. He's like twice her height. Mm-hmm. And I was <laughs> like, he's, Damn. He's, a big, he's a big boy. Like, they didn't even, like, she could have just been, like, having him give her piggyback rides the whole game, and he wouldn't have even noticed. Like, he's huge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, I will say, you know, it's it's a great piece of Christmas media, and I say that as someone who's never really celebrated Christmas. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, no. But it gives me that Christmas feeling that everyone talks about. You mm-hmm. know, I do think that Jingle All the Way is my favorite Christmas movie, though. I think it's one of the the handful that I actually really fucking like because, like, you don't even need to care at all about Christmas to enjoy it, and it just kicks ass. I mean, it's a scathing critique of um, modern consumerism, so you know. Yeah, and also there's a really random terrorist attack in the middle of it that they super downplay and cut around. Oh, is that the when Sinbad is like he threatens to blow up like the police department or some shit or whatever? Yeah, actually, this is something that Parasite Eve and Jingle All the Way have in common is that a lot of cops die in it, which is a super huge plus for me. Like that's a that's a big uh, selling point. Did cops die? Did did anyone die? Okay, I recently rewatched this scene because I was like watching or listening to something and someone made a reference to like, oh, there's like a terrorist attack in 
<laughs> jingle all the way. And I was like, wait. And I went and I found the scene. And so the, the scene is Sinbad, who's a mail carrier. He's like a postman. Uh, has a box that he's pretending is a bomb and he's like I've got a bomb and then they bring in like a bomb squad and all these cops and then he like <laughs> leaves the package and he runs away from the cops and then from the outside of the building you just like see a huge explosion so it's suggested that like a bunch of fucking cops are murdered on Christmas Eve in a terrorist attack and all you get is a reaction shot of Sinbad on the street going oh shit it was really a bomb and then he runs away <laughs> It fucking no, rocks. I'm like, okay, I'm like at least 70% sure there is you do. I don't know if there's like a different cut of the movie, but I feel like there is a scene where you see the cops and they're all just like, they're all very like home alone, Hanna-Barbera, like uh, smoky and like their okay. hair is all fucked up. I, just, I don't <laughs> think that yeah anyone dies. I don't think. Well, well, I'll tell you what. Parasite Eve definitely delivers on the dead cops. There are oh, yeah. so many dead cops in this game. They don't. They don't Hanna Barbera ashy face, big hair. They like combust. Yeah, for sure. It's it's fucking millions of dead cops time up in this piece <laughs> for real. Pardon me while I burst. Oh, dude! Wow. Yeah, I had to get that one in there. That's huge points. Incubus fan, massive oh. Incubus head over here, dude. I don't know. If you don't like those first couple Incubus records, I don't really know if I can trust you. That shit's I, hate, so good. I hate to be this guy. I actually ride for like, oh shit, man. I'll uh, I'll go. I don't know how many albums they have, but I'm pretty sure that I ride up through like their sixth or so album. No, I mean, I've listened to some of the later stuff. It's definitely not bad. I'm just never going to actually choose to put it on. Like, yeah, there's some like fun boppers on some of their recent stuff, but I don't think yeah. I can. I'll never sit through those albums the way I'll sit through everything up through like a crow left of the murder, I think. Yeah, because like, you know, science, make yourself a uh, morning view. That's like, that's good shit right there. Well, the Curry Left of the Murder is like objectively their like greatest album. And I don't know, honestly, probably needs to be in the top 100 like rock albums of all time, at least. Oh, okay. I'll have to revisit It's very one. good. I think it's like they really, they really dialed it in on that one. Okay. I'll, I'll revisit that. I, I believe mm-hmm. you. Um, obviously, I respect your opinions on new metal. We've spent a lot of time uh, God. on record. Oh, I've been listening to so much new metal lately, man. That's cool. Um, Lincoln Park. Uh, what? What's it? Oh, I have. I keep listening to Limp Bizkit. I listened to Chocolate Starfish and Significant Other like seventeen yeah. times this week. Monica does too. So I get a lot of secondhand Limp Bizkit, which I like. Mm-hmm. I like that. We're gonna go see him. I think. Oh, okay. Which is gonna be very cool. With um, who else is it? Mono? Is it that fucking tour with damn Corey Feldman? Oh yeah, Corey Feldman, dude. I, she told me she was like, "Yeah, let's go see them." Because I was like, "Sure." She's like, Cor- "And Corey Feldman's there," and that blew my mind because I'm a big Feldhead, and I was like, "Dude, you buried the lead." I really want to see Corey Feldman live. <laughs> we when we were out on that like short like mini tour we did recently, there was mm-hmm. one night where like we started watching a Corey Feldman live set, and we watched the whole thing because it's like you think you're gonna put on for some laughs, but you're like, "This is legitimately grip." Like this is the weirdest thing I've maybe ever seen someone do on stage, and it kind of is incredible. And he's definitely a bad person, for sure. Yeah, and also yeah. has been through some really like heinous stuff, so it's complicated. But I don't know. I mean, I follow it very closely, and I've spent quite a bit of time engaging with it. So I think I, I think <laughs> I'm a fan, just like 
based on the rules of reality, oh, right? Like, uh, yeah, you know? yeah. Unfortunately, I guess you can't argue with like data. data. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Numbers don't lie. <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, yeah. Uh, which yeah. is, you know, I'm not equipped to, you know, tell you anything about what's going on there. So I, yes, I, all I can say is yes. Yeah. Well, let's go back to a time. Uh, when Corey Feldman's musical career was just getting started. Um, 1998, which is when Parasite Eve was I'll never forget it. Really, uh, Something about the Arclay Mountains. I don't remember what he says. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the beginning of the RE4 original yeah. spiel? He's like, 1998. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll drop it in. Okay. And nice. Maybe nice. it's something totally different, and you'll just uh, be wrong. 1998. Yeah, and that amazing intro that kind of looks like an ad for like a heart medication or something. (laughs) (laughs) If you or a loved one is experiencing side effects after trying Simpatico, please call your doctor. It's actually just like a Prilosec, like uh, heartburn thing or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So Parasite Eve is a big deal. It's actually really freakish that we haven't already done an episode on it. It is one of the... Mm -hmm classics of the classic era of PS classic era not error era of ps1 survival horror um but you know what's most interesting to me about parasite eve is it's really fucking weird and there actually isn't another game like this not even in its own series Mm -hmm. or by the people who made it or anything it's a really bizarre game that there's only one of i've played all the Parasite Eve games. The two I've played most of the game, three I've just tried, um, they're not good. And they're also like not, I would argue not at all like this game, which is like, it's been a minute since I played the original Parasite Eve. And so replaying it, that's what really stuck out to me. And, And also like I recently played some other PS1 and PS2 era games that try to mix JRPGs with survival horror. And I did an episode talking about like trying to like them and being like, oh, these haven't held up and I don't like this. And those were um, Shadow Hearts and Kudelka. And it is interesting that Parasite Eve has some of the same issues and some of the same like basic premises in terms of like how they mix JRPGs and survival horror games, but it's much better in Parasite Eve. Like Parasite Eve is the most successful attempt at this fusion. It doesn't all work. We'll talk about it, but Mm -hmm. I do think this is a really fun game, even today returning to it. And some of the stuff in here kicks ass. Yeah. I think like the big bullet point for me at the both beginning and end of this whole thing is like, this game is like the greatest commercially available proof of concept for a game that's going to come out in a year, but in 1998, (laughs) like I think so much of this would make like a batshit crazy, like triple A game. Yeah. Like I was thinking about that and then I was immediately like, well, what the fuck? Square Enix put out like outlanders or whatever. Yeah. And like who, and like, which is, I mean, hey, I thought I think it's fine. It's a fun enough game, whatever. But it's like they threw a lot of money behind that. And no matter how much in the like year leading up to its release, they were like, hey, this is not a live service game. That's not what this is. Please do not expect it to be that. 
come on, we're telling you right now, it's just a game that you can also play like co-op with if you want to like drop in, drop out. And everyone is just like, where's the end game? Yeah. There's, are there going to be raids? And they were like, no, there's going to be an expansion because we told you that this was like a single player game. Stop asking. And so it kind of got shit on just because no one wanted to read anything they said about what it was. Yeah. But I'm like, if they're willing to make this thing kind of apropos of nothing, because it was a new IP that like had no clout or anything, they just made a game and they spent a lot of money on it. Like, I don't know. Why not use something that's got some brand recognition? I hate to like be this guy or say this. And I like feel like weird and gross saying this, but like, uh oh, Parasite Eve needs a remake and it would go so hard if like Capcom did it. <laughs> it would be like so sick. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 But like, I, I mean, as much as I think this, cause like this game has so many cool ideas and it has so much cool stuff in it. And it's like, man, if this was like polished up as a remake, it would be really sick. Mm -hmm. But Squaresoft is terrible, dude. They're the worst now or whatever the fuck they're called. Square Enix. Um, And I hated the FF7 remake. So like, I don't have any faith in them being able to like nail the tone of this game, especially because like, yeah, it is a catch 22 in that like a lot of the amazing stuff about this game is super of its time. It's so 90s. It's so tied to like when the game came out that it it's like there's no way that they would do that now. You know what I mean? Because like when they did the FF7 remake, they just tossed all that stuff. Like, I think the only know? thing that might be a decent like maybe not counter argument, but like something to sort of like ease your worries is that the target demographic for Final Fantasy and specifically like seven is is definitely like that remake was for them. Like a lot of people liked seven, like it's got a lot of history with a lot of people, but the sort of people who like really keep up with like all the stuff that like came after it, that's still in like the seven continuity and mm -hmm. also just Final Fantasy in general, like I would imagine that remake is very much like for them because most people seem to like it. Oh, so yeah. I think there's definitely yeah. going to be people who were really into seven originally that wouldn't be into the remake. So I think maybe approaching like a Parasite Eve remake would hopefully be a little different for them. I would yeah. imagine. But I do see what you mean about like Capcom, because I think like, I mean, the Resident Evil 3 remake is, I mean, it's I hate saying like it's short because it sounds like I'm like negging on it, which I'm not. We've already talked about how it's great. Yeah. So like, I think the second one has kind of like a better, it does a better job of being like, here's a game from the nineties. It's modern now, but like, you're going to know that it's based on a game from the nineties. Well, that, that's what I mean. Like the Resident Evil two remake does not, at all scrub the 90s from the game and if anything yeah. kind of like leans into it in a weird way or like as much as you can whilst it's still being like a modern triple a game with really nice graphics and like that's fucking cool i feel like if squaresoft made a parasite eve remake it would not be that way um and yeah like i think that you know okay so parasite eve it's like the most 1998 shit ever uh, I remember the original marketing for this game. It was marketed as a cinematic RPG 
the commercials for it just showed the like CGI cutscenes and there's a ton of CGI cutscenes in this game. It kind of tries to be like a late 90s PS1 era playable movie in a lot of ways. And like kind of like I alluded to earlier, a lot of its influences are incredibly 90s. Like you've got moments where they're pulling from Lethal Weapon. You've got moments where they're pulling from like Species, Mimic, these kind of like sci-fi horror type of movies. Obviously it's influenced somewhat by like Resident Evil because it is like a survival horror or sort of a survival horror game. I guess we'll get into that at some point. Mm. And like those things are all really charming, but there's also some stuff about it that's just like really good because it's so 90s. I think the biggest thing is probably the music in this game. The music in this game is unreasonably good. There is literally oh, no yeah, reason dude, it why it is like so good. Psychotically good, man. Dude, I was telling dude, I was telling Monica yesterday and she was like in the other room while I was playing it. I was like, dude, I'll just like randomly find myself like bobbing my head like hard. <laughs> like I'm alone in my car listening to fucking Wu-Tang levels of like head bobbing and I'm just like living. And it's also funny because like there was like a weird like, I don't know, it's like maybe it's like an anti-Pavlovian response or like a confused Pavlovian response where like I would hit a random battle and it would be really annoying because I was like, I don't want to do a random battle. But then the battle music would start and be like, all right, okay, (laughs) like we can do this for a minute. Like, sure. okay, you know, but like it's so good. I'm thinking and i guess the listener will know if this happened or not i'm thinking of not using any of my own music in this episode and oh. just <laughs> using the music of his name because yeah. like i did that in the well not exactly but i did something like that in the near episode because that's another game that i think just has like a flawless soundtrack but like oh yeah the soundtrack in this game is is insanely good and like it's so 90s it's got like the acid synth bass the like mm-hmm. trip-hop drums you know, all the like normal like Yamaha keyboard presets that you've heard a million times, but just like used yeah. in the coolest way possible. Yeah, it's definitely, at least for me, it's the like cooler, I, I get cooler side seems like I'm saying it's better, but like it's the cooler side of like the Ikari, Yamaoka, like Silent Hill stuff. Yeah. Like it's definitely like, I don't know. I wouldn't go as far as saying as like this is the frat guy version of that music or something, but it is definitely more like upbeat, kind of, and yeah. like banging while still being like this is a sinister uh, thing that's happening around you, and the music should sort of reflect it. So, yeah, they, they it really is fifty fifty of like you know creepy atmospheric music that you expect in a horror game, and then also just like the sickest bangers ever. And there's some moments where it's like they almost forget which one should happen and they just always mm-hmm, default yeah. to bangers. And it's like kind of yeah. funny <laughs> where it's like there's a moment where like nothing is really happening, but like the sickest banging, like uh, kind of like weird 90s house music is playing. And you're like, OK, all right. Well, OK, it's extremely good. It's like messed yeah. up. But the game's whole style and presentation is very good. Like it really mm-hmm. is like very cinematic but it's definitely from the same era as final fantasy 7 so there's definitely some of the same quirks in terms of like presentation camera movement the way the characters interact with pre-rendered backgrounds which the game uses oh god yeah but 
I mean, well, in in the cinematic moments, it's cool. In the gameplay, it's it's kind of horrendous, but yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, but I mean, it it is definitely a game that you're meant to kind of experience as much as play, which is also a very '90s idea. But I also think it's executed pretty well, and I th- I think they also picked like decent subject matter for it too. Parasite Eve is weird as a property or a franchise, I guess you could call it, because this is actually the third stab at doing a story called Parasite Eve. It's originally based on a book, which is a very dry Japanese science fiction novel that I have read, and I think it's squarely okay. Um, and then there was, was like a full blown novel or like a light novel. No, it's a novel. It's like an actual okay. book. It's it's by um, Hideaki Sena. It was actually kind of a, a big seller in Japan. Got popular. Someone immediately bought the rights to make a movie, which they did. The movie is also very okay. <laughs> um, I think if you like '90s mid budget Japanese horror. You'll just mm-hmm. enjoy it. Um, it also has really cool music, actually. Weirdly, totally unrelated to the music in the game and a very different style, but it's very cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's a decent movie. It's okay. Uh, and then finally, you know, Square Enix ended up working on a video game adaptation that has almost, almost nothing to do with the original story. Um, the book and the movie are both very similar in terms of story, whereas the video game is something totally totally different it does make some allusions to the original story um, both in terms of the main character's backstory and kind of how she ended up with these weird powers and also in the character of Maida, who's like a japanese scientist who is kind of just there for them to be like yeah somebody on the team read the book so here's a japanese scientist uh although everything else he does is quite mysterious um i kind of like him he's kind of my favorite character especially at the end when he goes on this weird like anti-human ecological rant that i was like all right i see you that's tight um yeah that's a very 90s thing i think in a way i feel like there was i feel like that was a bit of a trope occasionally yeah very relevant now i mean very relevant now but um, it's like they knew something It's like scientists have been telling us that the earth is going to die unless we change something for um like 40 years. No, no, no. That's, yeah. It's, it's Christmas. Don't bring it up. Come on. Anyway, yeah, it, it, it's, it's odd. I think that the game's version of the Parasite Eve story is definitely the most fun because it's very dumb and tropey and it's very 90s. Um, you play as a detective named Aya Brea, which is... A name that I'll always think is funny because it sounds like the La Brea Tar Pits, but also it like weirdly <laughs> rhymes. Uh, she's got this partner who's literally just Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon, except if he was eight feet tall. Too old for this shit. And then you've got this Japanese scientist who is once again kind of just a weird, mysterious cipher, and I like him a lot. Um, you know, the game famously opens, like I said, it's Christmas or Christmas Eve. There's all these people at an opera and um, the star performer in the opera starts singing a song and people start spontaneously combusting um, and burning up. And that kicks off the events of the game in which you slowly kind of find out that this 
thing. This person is not exactly human. They're kind of turning into a monster that can uh, ignite people's mitochondria and make them start on fire, except for the main <laughs> character, who's like the only person who can stop her. And you've got to stop her and also find out like, hey, why are you not catching on fire? And like, blah, blah, blah. And um, yes, it's very absurd and weird and 90s. And it's very fun. And I like it a lot. Uh, would you say that Parasite Eve is a better video game than Resident Evil was? And upon its re- original release, uh, respectively, I guess. I don't think so. Um, okay. I think Parasite Eve is maybe a more weird and interesting video game because like i mean i think there's a reason why there's only one game that exists like parasite eve um and it's because Mm -hmm. i mean partially it's because it's very of its time in terms of trends right like why are there so many low quality cgi cutscenes in this game sometimes for really weird throwaway stuff like your character looking at a microscope and stuff like it, that stuff or like the gim- fight, like there's just like a fighter jet. Oh yeah, like they're like they're specifically just like show them the fighter jet. Yeah, <laughs> like show them show them what we can do. Yeah, there's a fair amount of stuff like that in the game, but also the way that it tries to approach survival horror with a JRPG kind of framework, kind of sorta, is really odd. I mean, l- let's talk about that. Because that's probably the most unique thing about the game, right? Like, it's got this amazing aesthetic, you know, the super cool music. It's, like, peak PS1. I would say this and Metal Gear Solid, from a visual standpoint, are, like, what people think of when they think of the PS1 look and style, you know? Um, Yeah, I'd say so, because, like, Resident Evil, for instance, is so, like, in my mind, just so blocky and, like, goofy looking, but... I, and you know, like it, sometimes Final Fantasy VII feels like a game I would be like, "Yeah, this is it, baby." But then I kind of remember that they had to resort to those like chibi style sprites when you're not yeah. like in combat, and that kind of—it's not like immersion breaking or anything, but I think it's uh, it's a little less. It's like a bit less of a spectacle, I think, compared to something like Parasite Eve. Yeah, the pl- the Playmobil ass motherfuckers with the ham hands, the cartoon ham hands. <laughs> it's weird. It as a kid, it confused me. I was just like, "What is the deal with what's going? Why do they look like that?" And then, like, it took me forever to figure out that Barrett like had the gun arm thing. Because I was yeah. just like, "Well, what's what's the deal? What's everyone's arms look like that?" <laughs> to this day, I still feel like you needed that one strategy guide that had all the character art and like details about the characters and all that stuff to like even know what was going on in that game which my friend did so i got to experience Mm -hmm. that but i definitely had a moment i remember playing it when it like when it came out and being like what is that like the first time i saw their hands (laughs) what (laughs) is he holding something what the fuck is that and that Uh, like cloud's hair gets basically its own character model worth of like polygons yeah yeah for sure he has flyaways dude that was big budget shit at that time (laughs) um but i think beyond that kind of aesthetic and and visual design and audio design stuff um what's really unique and iconic about this game is the gameplay which was squaresoft who is known as exclusively basically as a developer of rpgs although they sometimes branched out into their stuff um it was them taking on the survival horror genre and the way they did that is really odd um so for starters i would say the basic like 
movement and exploration and inventory stuff is just lifted from survival horror. Um, it's basically what you'd expect if you've played, you know, Resident Evil or you've played other games like that from that time. Um, it's just that. Where the RPG stuff comes into play is twofold. On the one hand, um, your character has XP and levels up, and then there are a bunch of upgrade systems that are both connected to that and also connected to items you can find. And on the other hand, there is a sort of turn-based battle system that starts up when you encounter enemies. So it's not like every other survival horror game where you move around and there are enemies and everything just kind of moves at a slower pace. In this game, it actually stops you. The battle theme starts up. You, you know, the area slightly recontextualizes or changes a little bit, and then you have to fight enemies. Um, there is a very strong real-time component to it, so it feels more like an action game. You can move around freely while you're in combat, and so can the enemies. So you can dodge attacks, and you can change your positioning and stuff. It's not just like in Dragon Quest XI, where you can just twiddle your thumbsticks to run around, but doesn't change anything. Like, you can actually dodge attacks and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. That's, like, I, important, I think, because yeah. there were a lot of, quote-unquote, active time battle systems around this time and a little later. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of those games, it, it didn't matter. You right. could walk anywhere within the battle area and you would get hit by an enemy attack. Like I, To this day, I'm not even sure what the purpose of it was beyond trying to lure in more people who like despise turn-based combat or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I, because like in this game, yeah, like it matters. And like dodging attacks actually does matter in some specific fights. Hugely. Hugely. And yeah. like it's really weird to me that no one ever like made it more meaningful and they just kind of were like yeah so you can like do something while you're waiting for your bar to fill <laughs> yeah so that there is a turn-based element to it as well though where you have the active time battle bar from final fantasy 7 mm -hmm. it um it fills up when it's full you can take a turn a turn is either doing an attack uh using basically magic it's called like pe um or you can use an item uh, and or change your gun or change your gun. Yeah. So you, you take an action. But once again, when you're waiting for that to fill, you are dodging attacks. And then even like when you attack, you don't always want to attack the second your bar fills yeah. up because you might want to reposition yourself or you might want to wait for a certain attack to pop off so you can dodge it or whatever. So it is at a basic level. It's a really cool way to mix action i wouldn't even say survival horror i would say straight up action and rpg battle mm -hmm. systems um and it's at, yeah i agree with you i'm actually not sure why more people didn't rip this off because it's a very cool idea yeah for um, its time i think the battle system's actually like very good yeah <laughs> like the like the just the the nuts and bolts of like engaging with a fight in that game is extremely interesting for for what is a sort of traditional RPG you enter like an instanced moment yeah. where you're you're fighting and then once you leave it you're just back to exploring a space. Yeah. For sure. Now, I do think there are a couple of big issues with the battle system in this game. 
That which once again, I have to say it again, I like it. I think it's good. I think that I thought about this while I was playing it. I think that Parasite Eve might be the best fusion of survival horror and RPGs because at a basic level, the battle system is fun and exciting to engage with, which is something that I think most of these other games like don't nail. Like going yeah. thinking back to Shadow Hearts, like their idea of that was that you have to basically do like a Price is Right minigame anytime you do anything in a turn-based battle. And it's like, <laughs> oh great, you took JRPGs, but you made them worse. <laughs> like, cool idea, guys. Or like something like Kudelka, just it's just straight up turn-based. There's no twist, basically. Um, but in this game, it's it's very fun. It's it's fun, it's exciting has a nice dose of action gaming but you have to use a turn-based system it's i think of it it's similar to like vats in fallout 3 which i know not sure. everyone liked but i really liked i liked vats in the same way that i like the the system in parasite eve where it's like makes you feel like you're playing an action game but you don't actually have to mm -hmm. be good at action games which yeah. is nice because like maybe you're not good or maybe you just don't feel like being good that day like that's my oh, yeah. that's my issue sometimes with like difficult games with high high skill challenge where it's just like, don't you have days when you just don't want to fucking do it? Because it's just a yeah. video game, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like, there are definitely days where I'm like, I want to play this, but I know what part I'm at, and I don't want to deal with that right now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, come on, it's just a video game. <laughs> but um, okay, things about the balances of Parasite Eve though that that irked me. I think. There is some really busted stuff in this game, and it feels like it's because this is the only game they made that uses this exact battle system. So it feels like it's not as polished as like the other RPGs they're making at the time or some of their stuff that maybe felt a little bit more playtested or based on other games that were playtested. Um, I'd say like a big thing is that some of the enemies are just like really hard to dodge or really hard to get around um, in a way mm -hmm. that feels like it's not tuned for the speed at which your character moves. That's kind of frustrating. The other big thing is that status effects are fucking busted in this game. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. It, it can work out in your favor. Like, to be fair, like a lot of busted stuff in other RPGs where you can kind of game the system, but like, mm -hmm. there's also a pretty long segment of the game where there are bats that can blind you. Yeah, and there's, I, I knew it was coming. I knew dude, we were going to talk about it, man. Shit. Fuck. It's so busted. Yeah, it's not that part. Like, at least they give you like a, a cool shotgun in that little area. If right. you, if you, and that's if you want to fucking navigate the grid because it's literally like a grid where every connection point is like a new screen, which yeah. means a new chance to spawn enemies. So it's a bit tedious. And luckily, I paid money for an old magazine with a strategy oh, guide right. in it for the game that has a map in it with everything God. labeled. So I was like, nice, baby. I'm going right for the items. Because there's no map or no navigation help in this fucking Man, game. Man, I, I would have sent you some photos. <laughs> I know. I forgot to. I forgot. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. God damn Yeah, it. no, it made that part way easier. Like, yeah. Uh, that, I was, <laughs> that section does suck. And it's like, I mean, I... Maybe that's just part of the difficulty. Like the difficulty has to come in somewhere, I guess, if you're trying to push like a survival horror type experience. Right. But the economy of like 
uh, like abilities you have and the amount of energy you have versus like how often you're going to get hit with a status effect is like crazy. I mean, the good news is like they don't carry over outside of a battle. Once the battle's mm -hmm. over, you're cool again. But I don't know, man. Like for the most part, I was fine. But every once in a while, I'd hit a fight where it was like, no, this is going to kill me. I'll die. And like, I forgot to save. So like, I'm going to have to play another hour of this game <laughs> to get back to where I was. Yeah. Because they're just, you're just getting like poisoned out the wazoo and like a fight against 15 different things and all that shit. And it's like, you know, you, you have li limited space, which is, to be clear, it's not limited in the way that it was in Resident Evil. You're not dealing with six items. Right. You're dealing with, you know, you start with like, well, probably like 12 or 14 slots and you can upgrade that over time. Yeah. But still, you know, like a lot of that's going to be guns and armor and other stuff. And so you may not always have seven fucking poison cures on deck. And, yeah. You know, and then you're you're trying to sort of um, you're trying to kind of like deal with the economy of like how many times are you going to use the energy you've got on clearing a status effect that you might just get slammed with right after. Because, you know, it just happens. And so maybe you cure poison and then two seconds later, they just fucking poison you again. And you're like, well, shit, fuck, I just burned that. Yeah. But it's also like, if I don't do this and I just heal, I'll just end up losing whatever I healed for between the status effect and getting hit again. And every once in a while, what you're talking about, like really rears its fucking ugly head. Most of the time I was fine. And that's mostly because I looked up um, like all the fun interactions where if you just keep talking to a dude, he'll just keep giving you bullets. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so like literally, I think like two hours into the game, I was like, I have 400 fucking bullets. Yeah, there's a couple things you can do so that you'll never have to worry about the limited ammo system. I hesitate to call it limited because yeah. um, it technically is, but I never had an issue. I never even got close. Yeah, because the other big thing is bullets are bullets. It doesn't matter what gun you use. Yeah. Every shot you fire, every every pachow that comes out of a gun is one bullet. doesn't right. matter if it's a grenade launcher or a shotgun. Or even if an SMG shoots five times, that's five bullets. But yeah, it's, you know, it's not, there's not like a weird, you know, proportional cost to any gun. It's just bullets. So, yeah, like I feel like some of that stuff in the battle system, it's interesting in theory, but the way it works in the game, it's either like busted in a way that makes it frustrating, like the status effects. Yeah. Poison and blind will drive you up the wall. There's another one that's called, it's like a, I can't remember what it's called, but it like restricts you. It's like you get it from it spider, slows you down. the yeah. spider's web one. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's, it's less of a problem because it's not as serious, but it's really annoying in some areas. But I think it's, it's kind of like all the same problem, like as with like the ammo system and some of the other stuff where the best tactic is to just completely ignore it. Like I did not ever use a status effect cure in this game. Like, not once, because I always found it was more effective to just use really high damage output weapons and to just attack as relentlessly as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and if you were going to use a turn to do anything, it's just cast haste on yourself. 
Yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah. Haste gang. Let's go. So, there are so the the flip side of the status effects system in this game, which will punish you, the player, viciously, is that there are a couple ways you can punish the game. Number one is abuse haste always. Yeah, always haste fucking, fucking abuse rocks. haste. Yeah. Cause haste makes your active time bar fill up faster, but it also makes you move faster, which kicks ass. Like physically, yeah, you are rolling around in the speed of sound, man. It yeah. fucking rocks, dude. dude. Absolutely. And it's not even that expensive. Like, I mean, it's, you know, I think if it's an earlier game, like when you first get it, it's kind of, it's like half, but like as you level up, it like, it, be, it hits the point where it's just smart to cast it first. And then yeah. like you'll, you'll get to attack like four, like three to four times. And then you'll have enough back to just like cast it again. Like yeah. you'll have enough back that you spin on it. So you're kind of just getting like free haste forever. Oh, the other thing though that you can do is that there is, I think it might only be one piece of armor in the game, but you can use the upgrade system, which we'll talk about shortly to like carry it over to other pieces of armor. Um, but there's like an auto perk that you can get on your armor that automatically uses your healing items if your HP gets low. Mm -hmm. That will save you so much time and frustration because you get a lot of healing items in this game. Like, I don't think it's a stretch to say that you'll never be short on them until like maybe the final boss and you can even beat the final boss without a ton of them. You just have to try it a few times, which is frustrating. Um, but yeah, get the auto heal perk and then abuse haste and you can, you can cheese a decent amount of fights. You can beat most of the bosses in the second half of the game when the bosses get difficult on your first try. Um, but then it's funny because then you'll have certain areas like the sewers where just fighting the normal dudes while moving around is like insanely Mm -hmm. frustrating and you're just like. I definitely had that moment where I was like, why am I playing this game? <laughs> like, I think that was the first time I like died. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, fuck. I'm not playing a modern game. I'm playing a fucking PlayStation one game. Oh, shit. I can't just continue from like the start of this area. Oh, well, yeah, that's the other. I guess the other uh, pro tip I have for all my game pros out there is emulate this and uh, yeah. save scum with save states, please. Yeah. Please. Yeah. And thank you. I mean, generally just saving at like hard points was like fine. I like for the for at least half the game, like I had no real issues. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's kind of useful, yeah. but I guess I have the benefit of I've like played it before. Right. So like I remember the first time I played it, like kind of as an adult, I uh, I really struggled with that part where like the jets coming at the building you're on top of oh, and you yeah. have to like you have to run off of the building. And like, there's no clear way. There's like no clear indication of which way you're supposed to go. Yeah. And like, it took me like 10 tries to figure out exactly which way I was supposed to be running. And like this time I was like, no, I remember this. You go to the scaffold and I ran over there, but like, yeah, you know, and I was playing it on hardware that time. So (laughs) I I couldn't scum anything. I had to just reload Kind of a fairly recent save, at least, but still, I was like, this is like I had to go through the boss fight every time and then be like, all right, which way do I go? There are a couple of shitty dated moments um, similar to Dino Crisis. Dino Crisis had these two where it's like kind of an almost QTE where you have to do something before 
like in a certain time limit. And if you don't, your character just dies. One of them is the one you're talking about, which is probably like 75% of the way through the game after a decently difficult boss fight. And then the other one's like after the last boss, I think, yeah. uh, which is like so shitty. Uh, and it's funny cause you might not even notice them cause they are easy to accidentally do. Right. But then if you do them wrong, it sends you in this existential spiral of like, wait, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing wrong here? <laughs> so, yeah, that is very frustrating. Like, it's weird. It's not a very difficult game, but it has these moments mm -hmm. of intense frustration. And especially if yeah. you're just not doing it right, where it can feel like the game is just completely busted and broken. Which is like, it's an interesting way to approach it, I guess, sort of, depending on, you know, your opinions, I reckon. Like, mm -hmm. having a game that's like, oh, this is a cool power fantasy, and then it's just like, no, it's not. Yeah. Like, that is kind of a fun way to approach it. Like, you make someone feel really comfortable in their, like, power and ability to get through an area, and then you just, like, come at them sideways yeah. Slam with them fucking the bats, and there's three bats per fucking hallway you're in, and, and it's only, like, three character models wide, so you really can't avoid the, like, cone they shoot out that increases in size the further it goes. Yeah. Like, I know crazy. there are moments where you can really kind of become familiar with the game's concept of like positioning from mm -hmm. like a strategic defensive standpoint. And then there are times where it feels like none of that matters and you are just going to get hit. And you like the yeah. thing you've got to figure out is how you're gonna like mitigate some of the damage or like get your health back while still like dealing damage to these things. Well, for sure. And there's a big, you'll notice this in the game right away as you play it, is that there's a huge difference between like how frustrating a battle is or isn't based on the size of the area you're in. Cause like the way it works in the game yeah. is you're in the area and then if there are battles in that area, some areas don't have them, but if there are, it literally just spawns enemies in the area. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. So occasionally you're fighting like three enemies in a closet and that's when <laughs> the game feels like totally unplayable. But then if you're in a larger room with space to maneuver and dodge and do all the stuff that the game wants you to do, it feels really cool. It's like, oh, this is mm -hmm. a really good battle system. This is really awesome. And so, yeah, there there are it's it's a huge difference like based on the terrain alone. And there yeah. are moments where you're just like, what the fuck is this? And then your moments are like, oh, this is cool. This is working. And even with bosses, because some bosses are all the bosses are huge. And some mm -hmm. of them take up the whole fucking screen. And it's oh, like, well, dude. I can't really move around. And other ones, they actually give you the space. Fuck and you're the like, centipede, oh. man. Fuck that guy. Fuck him. Yeah. I do suck butts. Yeah. That was the only one I one. needed more than one try. I'd yeah. say almost every boss fight, if not all of them, I just did in one, one run. But like that dude, wow. Wow. That was like eight tries, I yeah. think, to get him down. Very annoying. Well, yeah. I like experimented with different weapons and different like orders of like ability usage and all sorts of stuff, which is in a way kind of fun to be like, all right, I have to like change my approach a little bit. I'm being pushed some. I can't yeah. just like cheese everything with haste and like the shotgun or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, 
Well, that's still. the cool. That's the cool side of the game and systems. I want to talk about this before I talk about another thing that might be a little bit more of a, a downer. But um, I want to talk about the cool side of those systems, which is that like the upgrade systems in this game kick ass. So there's a bunch of interlocking systems. And I'm I'm going to try to explain them in a way that makes sense. But you know, so like you mentioned, you have well, the game Olympic- doesn't even really tell you. So. No, well. Here's another pro tip for my game pros, which is, and once again, I'm thinking about that because this is definitely a game I found out about from reading Game Pro, and I was like, I gotta play that. Yeah. And I also remember seeing the commercial <laughs> on a big screen TV in Best Buy and being nice. like, this is so cool. I gotta play this game in my little <laughs> starter jacket, looking like a dumbass. Farting and pissing and shit. In your Farting and jacket. pissing in my starter tracksuit, being like, oh yeah, so cool. Farting and shitting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so, uh, game, game pro pro tip. It has a tutorial in the main menu. When you boot it up, Mm. read all of those tutorials. You need to read them unless you have the manual or a strategy guide next to you or something. You absolutely need to read them. Otherwise you will not get how shit works. No, just Um, hit me up. I'll send you some photos of this expert gamer issue. I got. Okay. Or that, uh, the other thing is that you need to like engage with all these systems and experiment and maybe fuck up even to like actually get how they work because they're really weird but they're also really really cool a lot of them and this is a cool nod to survival horror i think a lot of them are based around you having a limited inventory and despite having a lot of trappings of an rpg the game not having shops or money That's another cool thing because like you're meant to Mm -hmm. use the items you have. You're meant to pretty much just burn through weapons and armor and not like keep them around for a rainy day. I found that it wasn't even really beneficial to have more than one gun on me at a time until late in the game when you get like a rocket launcher and a grenade launcher and a rifle, for example. That was like my loadout, you know, but it's all about just staying light and agile and like just burning through stuff. And the two things in this game that I think are really cool, number one is when you level up, you get bonus points and you can spend them on anything to just increase a number stat. So like you can increase a stat on a piece of equipment or you can increase how fast your active time bar fills up or you can increase your inventory space. I mostly spend it on those two and I almost exclusively spend it on the ATV. I I kept forgetting you could... um you could improve like uh, equipment of some kind. Yeah. Like I constantly forgot that. And I think it wasn't even, it wasn't even as expensive as uh, like doing your inventory space or active time yeah. slot. I don't think, I feel like it was cheaper. I just always was like one more space, please. Or you know, yeah, like making your bar. I don't, I don't, does it make your bar go faster or does it just make it bigger? I don't remember. It, um, it speeds it up. Okay. That's what know. it does. I mostly yeah. went for space, I think. <laughs> yeah. But so you have that, which is really cool, and you can tailor it to your experience. So yeah, like there are moments when you're like, man, I really need another inventory space, uh, and you can get it, or you can just be like, I want to be as fast as possible and to be able to get out in front of all these enemies. So you can just pump, you know, hella points into that if you want. Um, but the, the really wild upgrade system that's in this game is the weapons and armor system or like the tool system, I guess you could call it. Um, and it's basically that as you move through the game, you get these items called tools 
And what a tool lets you do is take an element. You got to stop saying tool, man. I can't, I can't hold it back any longer. Like the band. Yeah. Just keep wanting to go like or whatever. You know, I'm dropping it in. I mean, God, I hate it. I hate it. I know the pieces fit. <laughs> I'm still so fucking mad that I found out that he's on passenger. Uh, that'll still, I'll never be okay with that. Yeah. Well, That's, I mean, that sucks. The band has other inconsistencies, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's throwing out picks that say like flat earth for life at shows, dog. God. Uh, <laughs> we got super problems. Tool. Super tool, though. That's a different ah, story. So, so super tool. Um, but okay, so the, the way that the system works is that you can take an element of one pe- like weapon or piece of equipment and add it onto another. And so you can either add like a special effect because there's like special perks that are on each uh, weapon or item, or you can take a certain like stat buff. So um, like how much you've added to like the, you know, the attack or like the inventory space or like whatever of that gun. There's two reasons why it's really fucking cool. Number one is that it means that when you have a weapon you've used for a long time and you've used a bunch of the like items you find to increase the attack or whatever, you don't lose that progress when you find a new item that has like a better base damage or that you just like using better because you can pull them from the old gun. Mm -hmm. Also, when you do it, it erases the old gun and Mm -hmm. so it clears up some inventory space for you. So instead of just chucking it in a chest and forgetting about it, you can actually like use your old stuff and clear out inventory space. Um, But the other reason it's cool is that you can make some truly like unholy combinations if you're (laughs) smart about it because like you want to like kind of hang on to those tools and wait until you see something really fucking awesome you can do. And there's also like another item you can find where you can add slots to a piece of equipment. Another thing you want to just like chill and like hang on to. And then you'll like find something where like, Oh, I can add a bunch of slots to this and then add all these effects. And so like, you know, for example, later in the game, you find multiple grenade launchers in really fast succession. And it's kind yeah. of weird, but like, I just waited till I had like three grenade launchers and I made this like ultra grenade launcher that had, <laughs> it did a ton of damage. It had like multi- all the different types of rounds. Yeah, it did like <laughs> fire and ice damage at the same time. It like, it let you take two turns. It like doubled your turns because you can find guns nice. that let you do that. It's so, like, you can just completely break the like weapon system and to a lesser extent the battle system of this game by combining like status effects and perks of various weapons and it's so fucking tight and i love that once again i think that it's so cool because it feels like it belongs in a survival horror game where the inventory space is limited and where you're constantly thinking of like what do i do with this old shit like, if this system yeah. would have been in Resident Evil, it would have been fucking incredible. And yet, I've never seen it, like, in another game. It's it's very Yeah, odd. and it is it is definitely... Um, it's a lot more interesting. And maybe it's, again, a little immersion-breaking to be like, I've got a fucking... I have a 10-round handgun that goes just ballistic. It goes ape shit. It's just a shotgun, basically, that's fully automatic. Right. But, you know, it's a lot more interesting, I think, than, like, you, you know, you're typical like a Resident Evil 4 where you're just like here's some money I would like a 6% increase in the damage this does now thank you 
which is yeah. like, not to knock that. Obviously, I love the economy of Resident Evil 4 Remake. But, you know, it's a little more fun when you're like out in the field and like on the fly. If you've got the shit to do it, you can just start tinkering. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, OK, so I was thinking about this a lot when I was playing Alan Wake 2, because like Alan Wake 2 basically tries to do what I would call a sort of abstract weapon upgrade system. But their idea of that is like, well, if you look at the right corner at the right time, your gun will now make a wish for you every time you shoot it. What? I'm not going to lie to you, man. I don't think I want to play Alan Wake 2. <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it. Okay. I don't know. The first half is very good, and the second half is like the definition of your mileage may vary. Um, but I, I hate the weapon upgrade system in it because it's like you guys tried to get cute with it, but I just want the weapon upgrade system from Evil Within, which is just the weapon upgrade system from Resident Evil 4 if it was better, right? Like, yeah. that's all I want. In this game, they actually made what I would call like an abstract weapon upgrade system that actually works incredibly well and is weirdly like more empowering. Cause like when you get to the end game and you've got these like completely like Sid from toy story ass weapons you made, (laughs) it's fucking cool. Like it's, it's just cool, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a game where kind of everything that's happening around you is so insane, which, you know, there's, I mean, the T-Virus is insane. Yeah, I don't know. But there's something about what happens in this game that I think is just so, like, outlandish and weird to the point that I think someone being like, all right, I'm out in the fucking, I'm in these streets. Let me turn, (laughs) let me turn this, like, really tiny submachine gun into, like, a rocket launcher. Yeah. And I think think that that's a whimsical and, like, a serious kind of way. And I think, yeah. it worked. I think it works really well in this context. This is also a game where an entire crowd of people watching a Christmas concert gets liquefied. The liquid then seeps in the sewers. Dude, you set it like, free so that it can go to a museum, reanimate a T-Rex skeleton, and then you have to kill it. I love that like when you like go to the you go to like the I don't think it's a dam. It's just some kind of like sewage control place. Like the goop gets mad at you, basically. Yeah. Like it kind of does the it does like a SpongeBob like cartoony ass like thing where it kind of just like snarls and like yeah. gets mad and leaves. And I'm like, it's just goop. But at the it's same awesome. time, like all the goop stuff and all the like, I remember seeing like stuff for this when I was a kid and being like, yeah, this is fucking. This is like seeing zombies didn't fucking do anything, but like seeing the shit from this game, I was like, oh, this is like scary. I can't, I shouldn't play this. This is not for me. Dude, the cutscenes are crazy. There's a lot of goop horror. There's a lot of transformation horror. Like if you, if you like watching goopy transformations of people or animals into mm-hmm. monsters, this game's going to do something for you. I will say my favorite thing about the giant sentient goop lump is that technically Danny Glover's wife is in it. And so every time he sees it, he like <laughs> yells her name and he's just like, he's yelling like Lorraine at like a fucking goop, like sentient goop blob. And it's like, I don't, I don't think Lorraine's in there, man. Um, yeah, it's really good. Uh, I mean, another point in the, like, it should be remade column. Definitely there. Like there's, there's definitely some imagery you could, um, with the power of modern like art and technology can make a lot of that imagery a lot more like horrifying. I agree. Although I do like the weird nineties ass, like low res yeah. version of it. Yeah, like, no, for sure. Especially some of this shit where it's like they, 
if they just did it verbatim in like better graphics, it would be like, I don't know if it'd land. Like all the goop stuff is great. I love how, how goopy it is and uh, rubbery it looks. But then there's also stuff like yeah. at the end when, when Eve is like a pregnant forearmed like titty monster. <laughs> <laughs> I know about all that in HD. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm getting hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, I think. Oh, there's also. Sorry, before I forget this, there's a great line in the last <laughs> fight where she's trying to say like "girl" in the way that like a Disney villain would, like a Little Mermaid, like like "watch yourself, girl." But the way yeah. she says it is, she's like, it sounds like she's going like, "You have a sense of humor, girl," <laughs> and it's uh, <laughs> it's dude, really the, like funny. the way that like they um just like the way that they sort of like format type in this game mm -hmm. since they don't have like voice acting is so fucking funny the oh, like yeah. where they choose to make emphasis like where the capital the capital letters or words are or like where they put asterisks or is like so fucking funny to me none oh, of it makes yeah. any sense i'm like why are you mad why are you yelling this word this is not oh, the yeah. word that i would be yelling in real life i don't think it's super campy and I love it. I mean, yeah. there's like an evil German scientist named Dr. Clamp. It's like, come yeah. on, like it kicks ass. Um, yeah, well, the whole segment in the museum with the fucking dinosaurs and shit is awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, because I already know what I think and I've kind of already said mm. what I think about this. Mm. I'm curious what your take on it is. Do you feel like the pacing of having the random battles and stuff ruins either the survival horror side of it or just the horror element of it in general because i kind of feel like it does uh I'm curious well, i what you think, think i think beyond the like oh man everyone's melting and catching on fire and blah 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 blah, blah. like i think I don't I can't I, I can't really like say what people may have felt when they played it like upon release since it would it would have been a very different world and time then both like societally and like also just where graphical fidelity was at and where like storytelling and video games was at or even storytelling and just popular media in general. Right. So I don't know what it was like then, but like playing it now, like after everything we've had access to and like just all the insane shit we've played, like, and even just stuff specific to, like, this show. It's not, like, I don't, it's not a survival horror game to me, really. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, there was for sure, there was no, the survival aspect basically didn't exist. Like, the second I found out, I could just talk to the guy at the very beginning of the game and he would be like, here's fucking 100 bullets, you dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, once I figured out it was proto Dark Souls in that way, I was like, hell yeah, baby. <laughs> and one like literally having that many bullets from the jump just kind of it doesn't erase the difficulty because you still have those moments where like okay now you're hitting enemies that are like a much larger jump in strength and you haven't quite like upgraded all your weapons or found a new enough gun or like leveled up enough right so you you do have to like you still have to strategize but you won't run out of bullets right like, so and I mean, you kind of always have a way to heal yourself because like, I mean, obviously your energy it like replenishes in battle, but it replenishes outside of battle. So you're not down to what like healing items you have. You always have like some path to heal yourself, even if like you have to wait a little bit. Yeah. And so like all that stuff's just gone. It's not there. There's no, there's no struggle in that way. 
the struggle is the struggle largely, I guess, just feels, you know, like it's against some of the dated systems of the game or I don't know if it's dated. You know, obviously this was a, a fresh take on something, which is great, but it also means sometimes you stumble a little bit in the final yeah. product. And yeah, I don't I don't it, it is a I would say it's yeah, like a, a horror adjacent game or just a horror game straight up, but survival is not the word. It is if anything, it is straight up action horror. Yeah. No, I, I kind of came to the same conclusion because initially I was getting frustrated with the random battles. And I talked about this in the episode that's like sort of about Shadow Hearts that I did a few episodes ago where I was talking about how like it's really hard to like sink into an atmosphere or like enjoy exploration in the same way that you do in a survival horror game if you're constantly getting pulled into random battles. Mm-hmm. And especially in the late game here, the the encounter rate is way too high. There's way too many battles and it's really annoying, especially if you want to backtrack, find stuff you missed or explore stuff. Um, Like it's just way too high. It makes certain areas really frustrating and unfun. Uh, But when I kind of stopped expecting it to be a survival horror game and just started thinking of it as like, more of an action RPG and really mostly just a very, very odd JRPG, I started to enjoy it a lot more. And so like, I guess like I still feel like survival horror and even like atmospheric horror is completely, completely at odds with random battles and like JRPG style battles. I I feel like they just do not mix. We're dealing with dealing with a company that is that was known for that. That's what they did. That was every game they made basically was rooted in that. And so when you bought it, I guess you probably expected that to a degree, but it definitely is at odds with survival horror games that would have come before it. Yeah. So it's a, it is a little weird. And I think a, a big problem is if you don't know where to go, if you're in an area and you're having trouble progressing through it, the, the yeah the 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 random battles thing sucks fucking butts like, yeah and yeah like i said you don't it's it's not even that you're worried about losing ammo because like you're gonna find chests with ammo in it you probably already have a bunch of it and then i'd say at least like 70 percent of the encounters will give you almost as much ammo as you used in them if not more yeah. So you never really sure. run out of bullets. And so if you're lost and you're just constantly cycling through all these like pre-rendered areas that are all, you know, they're all segregated. You're not wandering one big area. You might just constantly be running into fucking enemies. Yeah. And like if the only time I got like super duper lost was the zoo. Because I kind okay. of forget. Because and I guess this thing we haven't talked about yet, which what we're going to talk about now, like I had like forgotten where you go in that area and I'd been everywhere. I'd gone to every place you could go into and I was like, what am I fucking missing? Like, because at that point I was like, okay, I can't go to this door or these two doors because it says I need a key. And I'm like, what do I, what do I interact with? I've interacted with every item, everything in the game that is not pre-rendered. I've done it. Yeah. Because you can tell it's especially emulated. Like it's insanely easy to tell what's pre-rendered and what is an interactable like point of interest in the game and like I went I went to I looked at the guy and I was like all right what do I need to do 
And it's just literally like, I was like, no, I went there. I went in there and I interacted with everything. And when I say interacted with everything, I mean, I went through and interacted with the non pre-rendered stuff. And then I went in a circle around the entire fucking pre-rendered area. And I just pressed A or whatever button you press. I did it. I did the thing that you do. Just hit everything, smash that button. Nothing happened. That's where I learned how insanely finicky the game can be about like how you're positioned when you interact with something. It's a lot more forgiving for the stuff that's um, like actual models in the game. But when you're when it's something that it's like, no, it's a it's part of the pre-rendered background. And when you interact with it, you'll just see like that section of the pre-rendered background, like shift a little like like something will slide open. Like it'll just go like from closed to open and like yeah. a one one frame per second animation. And like that's when I learned that you you kind of can't do the thing where you just like run against the wall and you smash A. You have to like know what you're looking for. Yeah. Because it, it's like a lot too. of times it just will not or like is that it happened um in the beginning in like the dressing rooms of the opera. Yeah. Or the theater, but like it didn't stick with me until I got to the zoo and I was like, where's this fucking key at? And like, I, went, I went back to because I was like, I bet you there's something in this desk with the computer in the save point and like nothing happens. I was like, oh, I guess not. That's where it was, though. I just didn't fucking I wasn't perfectly angled enough to, to access it. And yeah. that like when you've got to do that kind of shit and you're backtracking to find that sort of stuff and you're constantly fighting enemies like there's no tension. And at some point it just gets kind of annoying. So, yeah, again, that's like a big reason for why I think a remake could be cool, because there's a lot of ways you could approach remaking it and you could make it a much more tense experience or you could make it like a you can make it a very like evil within wacky ass, you know? Yeah, sort of thing. Either way you want to go. But like, I don't know, there's there's it should be remade. I think it needs to be remade. Because I think it's I think there's a lot of experimental fun ideas that are really cool. But at some point, some of the stuff is just not gelling or um, gooping or whatever. <laughs> it's not Eve gooping enough. And so someone needs to come along and make all the, like the disparate parts really come together. Yeah, the hit detection in this game when exploring, funny enough, not in combat, um, is atrocious. And I got <laughs> stuck at all those same places and I had the same thing happen every time where I, I cracked open a walkthrough and I looked up what I'm supposed to do. And it's like, I already did that. I already did that. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's just because you weren't standing on the exact right pixel. And yeah, I think that's like that. That's a problem. Obviously, it's a tech issue, but it's also a design issue where it's like if you're aiming for a survival horror audience, you should know how they play those games. And yeah. that's how they play those games. Mm-hmm. Like what you just described. I play every game like that yeah, because no, yeah, I spent so many fucking hours as a kid playing survival horror games where you go around and mash X on everything. So I, I mean, I fucking played Alan Wake too like that. I play, you know, games you that never are fucking know. coming you out never in the know. future. I will play them that way. <laughs> because like I, what nothing's going to happen if you do it. And something right. might happen if you do it, you know? Yeah. Like, you got nothing to lose. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... You just described your reason for mashing X on everything in the same way that people like uh, justify like agnosticism. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I should at least kind of believe in God because he might be real. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, I, uh, I guess yeah. hey, maybe if hey. the shoe if the shoe fits. Uh, um, shoe on it. <laughs> no, no, not really. Yeah, it's 
It's a weird game. I think that that's kind of where I landed with it. Where it's like, I really like this game. I enjoyed replaying it. I think it's great for a lot of reasons, but it's also really weird and frustrating. And at moments it kind of sucks. But I also really appreciate it because like I said earlier, this is the only game like this. There mm-hmm. is not another game like this. Even in the series, like Res- or, uh, no, Resident Evil 2. Parasite Eve 2 is a very different game. It's much more like a Resident Evil game. They really lean into survival horror, and it's actually a far worse game because of that. Uh, it also just has even more baffling choices that are like some combination of like incredibly sadistic towards the audience and also like extreme strategy guide bait. Uh, it is not a good game to play start to finish. It also has almost none of the swag of the original sad to sad to report. The swag has mm. left the building Damn. in Parasite Eve 2. And then, yeah, they made that third one that's like a shooter that is just an atrocious mess. We should just um, forget it exists. And that's so, such a bummer because I feel like a lot of times that's what informs the potential for a remake. Yeah. And they're like, well, we made two more and they were no one liked them. It's like, yeah, yeah. they weren't as good. Like, I, uh, yeah, like it just it just feels like uh, obvious. I mean, it goes without saying, I guess, that like large companies and corporations, of course, are just dumb and it's all like numbers based. So if the number next to fucking Parasite, Parasite E2 is really shitty and not as good as the first one, they're going to be like, well, no one wants another one. Yeah, they're not going to be like, well, was this game like critically well received or like what did people have to say about the one with the lower number? They don't care. Yeah, they don't so care. probably never get one. But also like I went to look Square Enix put out fucking Balan Wonderland or whatever. Wonder World, <laughs> that uh-huh. fucking game. No one liked that game. Not a motherfucker liked it. Everyone fucking hated it. And they were so mad that it was $60. Right. Because it's like an hour long. They made that. Yeah. How much did that game cost? I don't know. Because half the time they won't tell you what a game costs because they don't want you to know. Right. Left Alive? They made Left Alive. <laughs> there's Hell so many yeah, There's so many games that they made that were like re, like true just like shots in the fucking dark as far as like being a, a lucrative venture. Yeah. And I feel like you could have at least like given the caliber of like remakes that have happened over the years and you know even just like hd ports and stuff like there's you've got a lot of reasons to to maybe examine this but i don't know i i'm not sure where everyone's at with parasite eve you know i yeah i feel like a lot of people are like yeah cool game but i don't know i don't know if it's a like no this is like an underrated goat for a lot of people, I think they just remember it as being like interesting or something. It's always stuck with me in a weird way for like a myriad, you know, set of reasons. But I, yeah, I think it rocks and is super cool and in some ways maybe more interesting than like a Resident Evil. A lot of the Resident Evils, like I don't have nearly as much affinity for those games as I do like this. Well, I think that in a weird way, Parasite Eve is actually more approachable for a modern audience because I think that the combat system is more interesting and usable than like the original Resident Evil, maybe even Resident Evil 2 for some people. Like, I think it's weird and unique enough that it feels kind of fresh still. 
and like it's something that modern players like want to engage with or figure out or have some sort of experience with so like i do think it's a very replayable game it's definitely an old survival war game that people should play rather than just like watch a video of or whatever like like emulate this game and play it it's very very fun to play especially if you like survival horror like the upgrade systems and all that and the battle system are such an interesting twist on like what you're used to um especially if you replay a lot of these old games like i do it's like really refreshing to play parasite eve so i think that in a lot of ways it's more fun to like return to than like something like resident evil yeah in some ways it plays like a really modern game i i didn't struggle quite as much with like the controls and the just the interface in general like getting like the actual just the mechanical feeling of moving through an old game like this like it didn't I feel like you kind of have to get acclimated and you struggle a little bit sometimes when you go back and like play yeah. something of this age and that didn't quite happen here. I just kind of dropped no, it's in. Got good, it's got good controls. Yeah. Um, everything just works. It, it is surprisingly easy to pick up and play, even though like I like I said, you do need to read the tutorials to get it and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> I fucking didn't do that. Yeah, but you had your fucking strategy guide, you cheating ass motherfucker. Well, I don't always crack it open, okay? <laughs> Shut Shit. up. I actually didn't have it when I when I first started playing it again. I uh, I didn't have it yet. It was like after I'd played it for like a couple hours, I was like, damn, I should get that fucking magazine I had when I was a kid. Because <laughs> I used to have it. That was the other thing. Yeah. Is like I had this specific issue when I was younger. So Yeah. This is, yeah, this is such an of the time game, though, that like kind of what you said earlier, I definitely vibe with where it's like I have lots of memories associated with this game. Like I definitely had an EGM with eye on the cover and like mm -hmm. I definitely had a strategy guide. I remember playing it for the first time at this dude's house. He was really gross. He was like a finance <laughs> bro who had a lot of money, but he lived alone and he had these giant dogs and I vividly remember him like throwing them steak just like on the ground, but he had carpet. It was nice. really gross. Like it really yeah, grossed me out. Yeah. But then like my mom was like talking to him and he was like, oh, you can go play like PlayStation if you want. And I went in the other room and I just like played like Parasite E for two hours. And I was like, this is amazing. Mm. Um, so it's, it was just like very of its time, but it's weirdly that's made it age incredibly well like mm -hmm. yeah like the music and the visuals and you know the well, kind of like unique aspects of it make it all very fun to play now i think we've of course looped around back to you know the sort of the, the this stuff has a cool factor to it again in the modern day so you know yeah there's always that incentive i guess for like approaching a remake for this is yeah the, the 90s are cool again people people want that by people yearn for a simpler time uh as oh it were. yeah plus like for I, sure man i don't i think that there's like not that this game has any real commentary but i feel i feel there's something about it that i feel like it is a decent vessel for like really reworking the story through a modern lens and making it like extremely interesting also, the fact that, like, technically it's, it's not an open world game, but you can revisit almost all the areas you've been to. You yeah. often get chances to go to a map where you select where you go next, which if you don't know where to go, again, kind of inconvenient. But big picture, it's really cool that you can go back to areas later. And so the idea yeah. of, like... <laughs> The idea of some game that is, like, maybe not a one-to-one -one scale Manhattan, but it's, like, 
a big fucking map. Like if we can get that damn the day after tomorrow game or whatever the fuck it was, that was just like a fucking <laughs> Unity engine asset flip or whatever. Like yeah. I don't know. Surely we could get. Surely with as much money as they throw at video games, we could get a Parasite Eve where you have, where you have a way to like mix. Like, I think there's a way to make sort of like a like a RPG sort of loot driven modern type of game, but with this game's sort of inventory and upgrade system. Where like instead, yeah. of, instead of just being like, I'm looking for a tier four version of this gun, like you're just like, no, you like find so many fucking guns and you mess with them and you make cool shit out of them because you're well, te- you're technically wandering an area. But then again, they could I think they could remake it with like an indie team where it's still like a top down like turn based type of game and it would still be cool. I mean, this game has a really good flow to that too, it. Yeah. Yeah. The like kind of open worldy choose your own adventure parts of it are really cool. There's optional stuff that you don't need to do, um, but it does make the game, you know, somewhat easier because you'll have more items, you'll be leveled up. Um, yeah, the ability to go anywhere is very cool. It kind of increases the scope of it as well. There is an annoying thing where there aren't like Resident Evil style item boxes. So there's only one and it's at the police station. But you can also just, for the most part, you can just leave an area if you want, even if you're in the middle of a mission Mm -hmm. and like go back to the police station or go finish something that you missed or like whatever. Like it, it is surprisingly flexible. And I think that's something that you kind of only get in a well-designed single player game. Um, I mean, I think the bummer about like wishing for a remake with this game is that Squaresoft is such a different company now um, and they suck and they don't, (laughs) you know, a lot of the stuff you're talking about, like their B tier and C tier games, like are like trying to be multiplayer live service Mm -hmm. stuff. They don't really, they don't, they only do like triple a huge budget single player games and they're of such a different style I think the thing too is like in this era, Squaresoft was on a hot streak, not just because they were making like huge earth shaking, you know, classics like Final Fantasy seven, but they were pumping out like weird, more experimental games. And they were clearly like, you know, encouraging multiple teams to try different things and just like get weird. And so that's how you get like Parasite Eve, Brave Fencer Musashi, Vagrant Story, stuff like that. Right. And like, Squaresoft doesn't do that anymore. Most big, huge game companies like that don't do that anymore. That's all moved to the indie sphere. And so Parasite really is like a, it's like a relic of another time when a big company that was making a lot of fucking money would essentially make its own weird indie spinoff games. Well, you know, I mean, obviously modern games are made with much larger teams than they used to be. I'm sure Parasite was made by like 40 dudes or whatever. Yeah. And right. I don't know, I think uh, maybe the big boys should start just paying indie studios that have made very well received video games, but may not make enough capital to support themselves simply making those games to uh, come in, come into the fold. I mean, I don't know. Just... Squ- Square Square Enix just pays some of the small, small studios to just come work for them and be like, hey, make us a good one of these. Well, we'll see how that Silent Hill 2 remake goes, because that's exactly what you're describing. No, Bluebird team is no. (laughs) (laughs) I think the bottom line here is that despite Parasite Eve being a game that was incredibly clearly made in 1997, it's still really fun to revisit and play today. And I think 
if you're looking for a heartwarming Christmas tale where a guy yells <laughs> his wife's name at a giant goop made of dead people. And um, he has a son that looks kind of like Ludacris. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, if you're looking for all of that, you should play Parasite Eve this year. Yeah, you should just play in general. I don't know. It's a real good game. Listen, it's Christmas. And I think we need to remember the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> the true meaning of Christmas is goop. Oh, it's goop and rats. Yeah, and it's red. It's like red goop. It's seasonal and kind of proto uh, the swollen belly expansion Sonic porn that people make. That's kind of what the second to last <laughs> boss looks like. Inflation fetish Sonic porn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. I think that's the real meaning of Christmas. As someone who doesn't mm. know anything about Christianity or has celebrating uh. Christmas. Yeah. I think that's what it means. Well, as a sort of unrelated side note, um, I think that the goop in this game looks a lot like in Austin Powers when they take his mojo and it's in that big canister. Oh, it, yeah. It looks exactly like that. Ooh, that's another good flick. So I, like think I think maybe Eve is actually just pure mojo. Oh, for sure. For she's, sure. She's mojinated, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, so you gotta, I mean, you gotta look at that this Christmas. Mm. Okay, it's yeah, either, double yeah. feature. You uh, watch uh, the first, how many Austin Powers are there? There's three, I think. Uh, they didn't make any more? Oh, okay. I don't yeah. think so. I mean, the first couple at least are pretty good. I don't know. Watch you, watch you uh, Austin Powers and then play uh, Parasite Eve. Yeah, and then also watch the scene where Sinbad does domestic terrorism and jingle yeah, all the way. Yeah, do that. Do your own research and report back to us and let us know if there's a part <laughs> where they like confirm that the police officers are not dead, but instead just look like Hanna Barbera cartoon characters okay. after the explosion. Yeah, I'm. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely gonna watch that movie. I think I love that movie. I watched it not too long ago because I do remember <laughs> being like, "No, nah, if he said he had a bomb, they would have just shot him." Give me the doll. A black guy saying he has a bomb and there's like 40 <laughs> cops in the room. Nah, he'd be fucking dead, dude. They would have lit his ass up. Yeah, dude. Give me the doll. I need the doll. It's fucking awesome, dude. I can fucking what's ass. his face trying to steal his wife? Is that Tom, oh, Ar yeah. Tom Arnold, I think? Right? No, no, it's uh, Phil Hartman. That's right. God damn it. Yeah. R.I.P. Phil Hartman, whose only role in the movie is to just constantly make comments about fucking his wife. It's yeah, dude, awesome. like, like relentlessly. <laughs> yeah. He desperately wants to fuck Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife, which is crazy. Yeah, dude. Dude, that's like, that's insane ugly guy swag. If you can fuck Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife. He's not really like ugly. He's like, he's a handsome dude, but he's just like such a chud in that fucking movie. Yeah. And he's always just he's like, not, let me rub yeah. your shoulders. I made you cookies because I know that <laughs> women bake and I don't want you to have to bake as a woman. So I made them. Yeah, it's feminism, dude. <laughs> all our favorite isms. <laughs> feminism, terrorism. They're all in this movie. It's, a, it's an 11 out of 10. That's it's, that's the that's it, dude. Watch Jingle all the way. The movie and it's got ass. um Anakin Skywalker in it. Oh yeah, that's right, dude. Holy shit, twelve out of ten. Now yeah. that's pod racing. Yeah. It's dude. a classic. It is actually yeah. the movie film of all time. Oh, dude, big time for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs>